0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at LintonGlass.com.
1: This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi,
2: Mississippi, here I come.
0: Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca.
1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the Good Things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch Good Things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. i got some folks with the Mississippi Department of Rehab joining us. We're excited to celebrate the new Center for the Blind that opening up on the coast at the 1st of March. So joining us is Chris Howard. He's the Executive Director of Mississippi Department of Rehab. We've got Miss Dorothy Young. She's the Director of Vocational Rehab for the Blind. So welcome, y'all.
3: Good afternoon.
1: And congratulations, Dorothy. I feel like this is in your sort of area
4: of the department. So how exciting is this new facility? It is very exciting. Um, It has been... um, about two and a half years, Rebecca, that Chris, our executive director, Howard, who's with me today, has been working to establish this center for fellow Mississippians who live with blindness and low vision. So we're very excited about it. So,
1: Chris, two years ago, who came to who and said, you know what, we know what we need to add. We need to add another building <laughs> because we need more services. Yeah, so Dorothy, Dorothy's together?
3: being sweet. Actually, this was Dorothy's idea because, you know, we've got the Addie McBride Center that's, uh, you know, attached to the University mm-hmm. of Med Center, and it's more of a traditional type training for individuals who are blind or visually impaired. and and this new center we're opening up is is a totally different way of training individuals who are blind or visually impaired and currently Mississippi does not have you know something like this we were having to send clients out of state say to Louisiana or maybe up north so Dorothy came to me a couple years ago and said look you know I don't like sending my clients out of state away from their families. Absolutely. You know, I want them in Mississippi. So I said, all right, let's see what we can do. And, and she's done a great job um, getting the approval from, from the federal folks who are you know, federal partners and, and really getting this thing ready to, to open.
1: You know, I didn't think about it that way, Dorothy, in terms of new, we get new ways of teaching our kids math or teaching reading or teaching like whatever else when when, um, when new forms of, of understanding get better. So why not in other areas that there would be innovation and ways of sort of training or teaching or educating. So where what was the gap there? What did you see that Mississippi didn't have to offer? Why were they having to go out of state for because, services? Because
4: we didn't offer the alternative training method that's called structured discovery. Um, it's about maybe three or four states that offer structured discovery training. And so clients, our younger clients, were choosing this type of training because it teaches true independence on how to live blind. Because Everyone is put under what we call learning shades. So, whether you are totally blind, that's with no light perception, or you visually impaired or have low vision, and maybe down the road, your impairment, vision impairment, you may lose more vision, like with macular degeneration or glaucoma. So, we prepare you in this training. To live blind by putting you under learning shades and we put you in meaningful real life experiences to where we teach you how to problem-solve and navigate with cane travel being totally blind living in your own apartment uh, washing your own clothes being blind uh, ironing your clothes everything is done under what we call learning shades we teach you how to live blind so just in case we hope it never happens but I've had a client um, that went through this training I sent them to Louisiana Center for the Blind to get this structure discovery training. He had macular degeneration. And years down the road, he did lose his sight. But he was not afraid. He was
1: ready and prepared. He was
4: ready and prepared. So that's what this training does. It prepares you to live blind.
1: And so we're talking about people
4: of all ages and stages of life that will get to utilize this center. Correct. Um, When we looked at the data, um, and Chris is, you know, he's the executive director, so He's nice, right? I'm not gonna say he's not nice, but when he wants something sure I done oh, somebody <laughs> to say that right. Yeah. He said, get it done. Yeah. He said, um we should not have to be sending I don't care doors if it's one client that wants this training, we should be able to offer it here. And so that's what we did. So what happens is, um We were sending clients out of state, maybe at the most, Rebecca, 10 to 15. They were either going to Louisiana Center for the Blind, they were either going to Minnesota, uh, Blind Inc., or they were going to Baltimore, BISM. That's, That's the name of those training centers. And so we said, We don't want to continue to send them out of state. So this training center here, we have apartments that we're leasing uh, thanks to Chris Howard and and, uh, Department of Finance and Administration that approved the leasing of apartments. And individuals will come to the training center every day, and then we will um, transport them home or they will walk home because the apartments are about 1.2 miles from the training center. How long does the training take? Six to nine months, but truly, that's what we say general, global. But I've never seen a client, uh, in my experience, that stays six to nine months. It's really a year because you think um, you're learning. You're on a sleep shade, so at first you're going to be, what, afraid? Absolutely. Gonna, mm-hmm. And then after Anxious. that, you got to get used to it, right? you got to build that confidence up. So I tell people six to nine months because that's what the book tells us. That's your research on it, but reality—it's about a year training. So, in this training, Chris, is in this
1: apartment, do they have like a teacher there with them,
4: and maybe not watching
1: them sleep—that's weird. Mm-hmm. But like, wake up and then have someone walk you through your apartment. Like, other than just putting you in an area that's supervised and you sort of figuring it out, how what what's the training aspect of that? Yeah, I mean,
3: I think you know you have an instructor really through the orientation part of it, right. but as the individual goes through the training, it's really more. Upon the, the individual mm-hmm. You know, because, you know I know we come a lot on the radio And we talk about workforce You know, mm-hmm. putting people with disabilities Back to work and to work But the really cool thing about this center As well as our Addie McBride Center I mean, we're teaching individuals Daily living skills You know, Dorothy mentioned the apartment Yeah, these individuals are going to have to uh, Take care of themselves You know, they're not going to have Like you said, that instructor Who's just going to be Sitting in the chair in the corner Watching over them Right I mean, they're going to have to You know, learn to set an alarm Get up Take a shower, make their breakfast, um, get ready, make sure their clothes match, and you know get to that training center for that training so it's it's really more than just employment i mean it's teaching daily living skills to how to go from sun up to sundown mm-hmm. um, if you're blind or visually impaired
1: and i would assume watching their i guess their uh, mental health levels change over right. the training because mm-hmm. yeah man you talk about that right now i would I, I get sweaty thinking about it like not you
4: know if you went straight to that and so watching them gain the confidence i yeah. think would be the right word for it yeah and and we do have an apartment manager uh, just like at our Eddie McBride Center, we have a dorm staff person because the Eddie McBride Center difference is they we have dorms there. So when clients come to the Eddie McBride Center for training, they can live there. Uh, um, And people don't know that, that people are actually living there, our clients at Addie McBride, for six to nine months to go through training. Okay, so they have that dorm room and that you have a dorm supervisor that makes sure that the bed is made and different things. Not in this type of training, right? We have an apartment manager. They will teach you at the training center. The training center is set up to where we have a full-fledged kitchen and we have everything that you have in an apartment we have at this center. Washer, dryer, folding table ironing board, everything. We teach you that there, how to under sleep shaves. When you go home, you got to do the same thing because at this training center, you do not have a cafeteria there. Eddie McBride has a cafeteria where we contract out the food from UMMC. They bring in the trays, and everybody knows what's on the menu. No. If you want to eat at this training center, you're going to prepare your food at home. Bring it there. We have lockers locker set up, a lounge room for the students so they can take their lunch breaks. And if they don't bring their lunch, Rebecca, then they don't eat that day.
3: Yeah, and I tell you too. Yeah, I was talking I, my my <laughs> <laughs> I was just that. I talked to a young lady who went through the training in Baltimore, and you know, she basically said, you know, her parents drove her up there, and her parents thought they were going to take her to a room, unpack her suitcase, and the the supervisor was like. Uh-uh. <laughs> Y'all stay here at the door. It's her responsibility to get her suitcases up to her room, get everything unpacked, get everything in the drawers. So it's it's teaching individuals mm-hmm. survival. I That's mean, it's it. really what it is, how but to survive on their own. But like, right. it's self-confidence, too. Like, it's building
1: their empowerment for when they are out, and, and yes. it, hopefully they don't ever have to face full you know, sight mm-hmm. loss. But if they do, then mm-hmm. you would rather have the skills going into it mm-hmm. than trying to figure that out when you are Okay. Faced with it,
4: uh, one of the things that uh, Ricky said, uh, this guy that I was interviewing yesterday, he said, "When you lose sight, um, you know, have you ever thought about when you lose your sight? What am I going to do?" This training prepares you to let you know. Just because I lost my sight or losing my sight, I can still live the life that I choose to because I receive um, this training. Um, and I will say uh, the mayor there in Long Beach and the whole community, Long Beach is known for it to be a friendly city, right? And the center is located in a community, right? And so the staff that we've hired, they're blind and just so happen to be blind. They qualified. They're certified teachers for the blind. And so they've been walking to work every morning, right, with their canes. The police has escorted and stopped, said, can uh, you do y'all need some help? They're like, no, we're going to work. They said, work where? <laughs> so we have yeah. a training center here. The mayor has sent over people. The police, the chief of police has. Uh, I'm calling a ruckus? In, oh, we have calls the a ruckus in Long <laughs> Beach. Oh, yes. Long Beach is really uh, excited about it, yeah.
1: Well, and I think that's so good though. It just brings up the, it also brings up the good conversation that if you see someone with a cane or you see something right. out there, they're learning and they have their skills. We're going to get to the name of the um, new center as well as y'all's upcoming event March 1st coming up next here on Good Things. Okay. That's a good thing. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can take your browser there. If you have downloaded the Super Talk Mississippi app, you can stream us anytime, anywhere. And you can always find us, too, on that local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Or you can watch us on Super Talk TV, on your computer, or your mobile device. We're continuing the celebration with the Mississippi Department of Rehab. They are opening a new blind center on the coast. Coming up, grand opening is March 1st. And we've got Ms. Dorothy Young, the director, as well as Chris Howard, the executive director of Mississippi Department of Rehab. And, okay, Okay, so, Miss Dorothy, coming up March 1st, this mm-hmm. is going to be a big day, big event. All the hard work over the last two years finally gets to come
4: to the ribbon cutting. Mm-hmm. Where's our emotions? How does it feel? Uh, humble. Yeah. I'm just very humble. I'm tired. <laughs> thank, thank God. He is good. That's what I wrote on my paper here God is good. He All is also good. And so, um, Last words, March 1st, we're going to have the grand opening um, and the name of the center because oh, yeah. Mr. Howard wanted a buy-in from the staff, so we had a contest at, at our agency. We got plenty of names. Jennifer, who's our communications director, did a wonderful job orchestrating that, her and her team, but we did have a winner. Her name is Ms. Samantha Ashmore, and she's one of my counselors in the Hines County area here. So she won the naming of the center, Um, and the name of the center is Mississippi Emerge. And Chris is going to tell us what EMERGE is. I don't remember
1: right. We will not have a quiz at the end of good things <laughs> right. for, yeah. for
4: what it will mean. It
1: wouldn't be a good um, a good state or whatever program without having an acronym of some kind. That's you know right. what? Yeah, so. That's exactly right. Yeah. So what does Mississippi EMERGE Center stand for, Chris? It
3: stands for Encouraging Mississippi Employment, Resilience, Growth, and Empowerment
1: right which comes back to what the you know base foundation of the department of rehab is is workforce development mm-hmm. getting those living with disabilities the opportunity to be out in the workforce and be independent and you got to do that with resilience and growth and then you guys helping to empower them to That's sort correct. of do so so i see this over overarching did
4: she win something for winning the emerge uh-huh. she's going to win um she's going to win the lottery she is oh wow she, is, she, is. she, she is. know knows that won. the lottery and she needs
1: her picture like on the lo- like we need a formal panel. Yes. For her in the center.
4: Yes. Jennifer is, uh, her, her team is going to grace, well, at the, uh, grand opening, I'm yeah. sure they're going to surprise her with something, but we have a guest speaker, Senator Bryce Wiggins will be there because, as you know, our Mississippi legislators work with Chris on getting this established. So he'll be our guest speaker. The mayor of Long Beach will be there and, and, um, I think Jennifer, our communications director, has some more folks lined up also um, to just speak on their be- on on establishing the center. But we're excited about it, Rebecca. So that's two o'clock coming up Friday. Mm-hmm. Don't forget,
1: you can listen to good things in podcast form after. Cause okay,
4: just <laughs> say. No, it's
1: perfectly fine if you go
4: there. So where is it? Where is the center located? It's located on 301 North Cleveland Avenue, and we're located. We're leasing this, uh the church, Saint Patrick Episcopal Church. So we're leasing that church, and it's located on 301 North Cleveland Avenue in Long Beach.
1: And you mentioned that that you were sharing before the break that the individuals that are staffed and are working in the eMERGE Center they're also visually impaired. Mm-hmm. What is it like for those? And or maybe has have we had uh, participants come through yet to our particular center? I know we've been sending them to centers like this out of state, but have we had? Uh,
4: successful participants yet, or is this mm-hmm. the grand grand opening oh no and and the highlight of this is um, so the The clients that we did send out of state for training, for this type of training, you know, they have returned home, some of them, and one of them just returned home in November and she's finished her training and she's going to be one of our employees there. She lives in the Long Beach area and she's going to be one of our teachers. She's going to be our home uh, management teacher. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how many clients can you put through the center at one time? Up to 10. Up to 10. Up to 10. And right now we have a, you know, as we increase the apartments, we can have more students, but Right now, we can say up to 10 clients.
1: And that's up to six to nine months to even up to a year for mm-hmm. them to sort of go through the actual, actual training.
4: What are the requirements to be a part of this training? All clients um, should be a, uh, eligible for vocational rehab services for the blind. So they would have to be a client of the agency because that's how we pay for the services. So every client um, that's out here listening, every consumer, if you're interested in receiving any type of vocational rehab training, just call our office, 1-800-443-1000. Tell them you're looking for services for um Vocational Rehab for the Blind. We will connect you with a counselor that's located close to the county area that they live. Counselor come out, take an application. we get their eye report because everything is based off of that eye report. And that's how we can find out what's your vision, acuity, and what's the impairment. And then after that, we make you eligible, and you can come to the center.
1: And you come to the center and mm-hmm. go through it. So, that, okay, so is that a year away from home if they commit to this? I mean, it's a commitment.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So they would be need to. They would need to know up front that this was a commitment for six months to a year, six to nine months. But this training is going to be a little different. Um, we're going to have a transition piece because we're going to uh, involve internships volunteer, and things back in their community at home. So the transition won't be as hard for that person going back home because we're going to have counselors on our career counselors that's going to be working in the community. So say, for instance, the person is going to re- uh, come to us from Holmes County. That's where I'm from, right? Before that person transitions back home, we're going to be in that, like, that third or fourth month to where we uh, send the person back home on an internship or volunteering in the community. Of some type of project back in that community so that person can use the skills that they learn at the center back at home. So by the time that individual leaves getting ready to graduate, two things are going to be able to happen Well, really three. One, they're going to be independent to live on their own if they so choose to. Two, we're going to have certifications that we're going to offer at the center. So that person will leave with a certification that's going to be recognized to help them get a better job. And then the third is they're going to be offered a job. We are working with a company so that um, once they finish this training, they can go to work. Which? encouraging mississippi employment, right, right. so so even though they'll be away from home we're, we're going to have a transition phase back in to where they won't be just there for nine months to a year they're going to go home for a week or they go home for two weeks and they'll work and then they'll come back and then they'll tell us how was that experience and anything that we need to work on while they're still in training
1: This is exciting. Mm -hmm. I think this is awesome. Chris, I can see why she came. When she came to you with this, Miss Dorothy, you were like, yes, go forth and figure it out.
0: (laughs) She's a great salesperson.
4: (laughs) Yeah, this is somebody just told me. Details. Dorothy can't do details. But, oh, she can sell you something. (laughs) Dorothy's going to keep her next idea to herself. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm totally
4: kidding. Chris is like, please,
1: no, that's what it it is. But when we think about uh, Department of Rehab, Chris, I mean, this is just one of many areas is that you guys are trying to figure out the needs for that's Mississippians right. and then figure out how to bring it about and how to sort of create it. You obviously find great staff mm-hmm. in Dorothy and others who are passionate um, about it. So where is – like right now the department has tons and thousands of things going on, but is, other than the Blind Center, y'all got other thing that's pressing or kind of emerging, should I say?
3: Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> one, one of the cool things about being executive director is I always – Encourage them to think outside the box, you know, just because we've done something for 20 years doesn't mean we need to keep doing it for 20 years. So, you know, Dorothy thought outside the box, came up with the Structure Discovery Center. But, you know, Project Search, Project Search is something we really love, and we were able to bring that to Mississippi about five or six years ago. Um, We're heading into prom season. You know, we're fixing to go um, travel the state, going to high schools, talking to kids about, you know, making smart decisions on one of the funnest but yet deadliest nights of of a high schooler's career. So to do prom, you know, project search, internships, you know, we are really pushing businesses hard to to say, hey, you know, you may not be hiring right now, but what about an internship? What if we help pay the wages? Uh, for that person to gain that valuable work experience. And hopefully, everything works out and you hire that person at the end.
1: And if you're listening, you wonder, well, you know, I don't live with a disability or anybody in my home. What does this have to do with me? And now, what you think about prom or, or hunting season, I know y'all have come in through that. You're mm-hmm. like, you're, you or someone you love is one bad day away from, you know, being a client of you mm-hmm. guys. I and mean, you hate to say it that that's way, right. but it's being aware of what's out there or being proactive. Like mm-hmm. Ms. Dorothy talking about, if you have gotten a bad diagnosis that's maybe sending your vision and trajectory, that you know is unfortunate mm-hmm. go ahead and be empowered and take advantage of these things so if and when you're better prepared to sort of make that uh make that transition mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. so hard to tell y'all story because there's just so many good moving parts right. sort of to it for us to just to keep that conversation um sort of going okay miss dorothy though if someone's not ready for six months away from home But they're living with visual impairment or maybe have it on the horizon. What other things do
4: you guys specifically offer? I'm glad you asked that. We started an adult coaching program um, for individuals that were living with blindness and they were having issues with living in blindness, right? Or living with their low vision. So we have an adult coaching program through our Eddie McBride Center to where once a month we meet with individuals over conference call, over Zoom, and we have different group coaching sessions to help them live with their blindness and to help them make decisions on different types of services um, And I tell people all the time when you when your doctor tells you you're losing your sight, the next thing that you need to do is have one moment that you feel sorry for yourself and in the second moment be calling vocational rehab for the blind. Because as long
1: as you have got trained up and you know what's coming, you can be, be a better face today. We can give you other opportunities. We can give you other opportunities. Well, mm-hmm. it sounds like great opportunities are coming up March 1st. If people want to learn more
4: about Mississippi Emerge Center, how do they do that? They can contact Jennifer Gray, our communications director, at 1-800-443-1000. Our email address is www.mdrs.ms.gov, and they're, um, we'll get you signed up. Or You can ask for any counselor out there for vocational rehab mm. for the blind.
3: We're also on social media Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm old. I can't remember what the, the other places. ones are, but you know, All the 53, man, we do Facebook. So you're always Facebook.
1: welcome back here at Good Things. So thank you for your time. You guys stick with us. <laughs>
0: Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm.
1: Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also watch us on Supertalk TV on that computer or mobile device. We're always on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And, of course, if you've downloaded the app, you can find us anytime, anywhere. And letting you know one of the biggest names in entertainment is Taylor Swift. We're still giving you a chance to win those tickets to see her in concert, plus some cash. So what you get is a pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift's uh, tour that's coming to the Superdome in New Orleans on Saturday, October the 26th, plus a $1,000 cash. It is brought to you by Margaritaville Resort and Paradise Pier Fun and Park in Biloxi, along with Supertalk Mississippi. So if you want to know more, go to supertalk.fm slash taylorswift. You can find a full list of registration locations and more information. Information. And if you like music, maybe she's not what you're interested in, but you're interested in seeing new artists, we got another season of American Idol coming up Sunday, February the 18th, or I think it starts Sunday or Saturday, but there's a Mississippian that will be in it this year. She is a Startville native, Jennifer Jeffries, and she is on this season of American Idol, which kicks off this Sunday. I am not positive that she will be on there this Sunday, but she will be on the new season of American Idol. Let me get it straight. She's a 17-year-old singer, song writer, she is certainly a talented young lady, and we will already be cheering her on, so keep your eyes out uh, for that. Okay, Rhino, you know I really enjoy strange Uh, world records to be broken. One day I'm going to hold my own. Still don't know when what yet. But I can't do this one. So if your name is Ryan, I need you to saddle up and listen because there is a rodeo that is trying to get a record-breaking number of Ryans, Ryans in the same building or I guess in the same Coliseum or wherever it may be. So an organization that caters strictly to people named Ryan. Number one, if your name is Ryan, did you know there was an organization that, that caters strictly to people with your name? That would be you? Not technically. Well, yours.
2: Mine's Ryan.
1: Potatoes, potatoes, I guess. It ain't spelled the same It's way. not spelled the same way. There's a
2: reason I could never find any of those little trinkets and tchotchkes at any convenience store on any trip ever that had my name on it.
1: Okay, so Ryan Meetup is based in New York, announced it's holding its first Ryan Rodeo in Texas, and it's aimed towards breaking the record, which was set in 2017 when 2,325 people named Ivan came to together in somewhere else. Probably so, Russia. So they are gathering seven. Saturday, scheduled for a Saturday, I don't know what, where, where it's at, um, Buckwild in Austin. So that is the na- That is their place in Austin. And so they are looking for as many Ryans as possible. So there you go. Um, if your name is Ryan and you're looking for an opportunity to be with a lot of other Ryans, then here is your chance to be part. I wonder if everybody, so like, do they all get a certificate? Because i go. Like, if my name was Ryan and I went to Texas to be part of the Ryan Rodeo to break the world record, and we did it, so we just need 2,400 Ryans to show up, does everybody leave with a certificate saying that they were part of the world record? Because then it's worth it. because like, I mean, how many people get to say?
2: I don't think they would make that many Guinness Book of World Records plaques or certificates. But you'd plaques. probably get, like, a T-shirt.
1: Well a t shirt would probably be more expensive than just a PDF printout that you could frame doing sort of a cheap frame. Anyway, I think if I knew that there were there was an option. So the group's website explains the organization's aversion to people named Brian, which is Ryan, would just be like removed. So there's all these <laughs> People get hurt over anything, let me just say that. So Ryan it is the Year of Our Lord twenty twenty four. So your name actually has to be Ryan, R Y A N. And there is a there is a rodeo for you and they'll have music by local artist Ryan Hunter and <laughs> it just gets funnier.
2: <laughs> I just need somebody with money bags to to back me in going and making a Rhino rodeo in the town Nover just to throw a wrench in their gears.
1: So we can stick in Texas, but this is not somebody named Ryan. But another man broke the Guinness World Record. He finished a half marathon, which, number one, this is impressive, an hour and 21 minutes. I'm like, that's pretty impressive for a normal person to do. But while dribbling a basketball, his name was Ben. Ben, Doug- ben, ben not Douglas, but Ben. And he's 24. He's a graduate student at the University of Texas. He finished his 12th. In the half marathon for Austin's marathon this past uh, Sunday, with an average pace of six minutes, 14 seconds per mile. All How bad
2: do you got to feel to come in 13? Uh, <laughs> well, I th- got beat by a guy dribbling a basketball.
1: All while dribbling a basketball, which, I mean, I've never really dribbled much, I don't think. But I would, you know, it's something that seems maybe not so hard. When you're running at that pace for that long, you'd have to find the right.
2: I was about to say it depends on if he found a good rhythm and whether or not he was holding himself to the rules of dribbling.
1: Right. I mean, it couldn't have been nonstop. You had to stop to have water or flung So I guess what the rules be if you stop moving forward, the ball stops, or if the ball can't stop. Step. Oh, you're supposed.
2: You're not supposed to take two steps in between dribbles
1: do they count that in games
2: uh not as much as they probably should anymore with the advent of the euro step and the nba you got people that just start walking from the three-point line and then jump when they're under the hoop but in lower levels of basketball yeah you'll get called for traveling
1: that's so hard that seems like very tedious work to keep up with that i would think my simple brain goes as long as they're moving in a forward direction. Like, so when does it become.
2: I don't know. Like, I mean, that's why, holding you, you on ever heard to somebody it. say pivot foot when they're talking about basketball? If you're dribbling and then you put two hands on the ball and you've now picked it up off the floor, you're and no that, longer dribbling.
1: I get that. Two hands on the ball, that's bad.
2: You, you have one foot that you can pivot on. The other foot can move around, but the other you can't take a step with your first foot. That's your pivot foot. That's
1: fair. So maybe my simple brain is just saying as long as there's one hand on the ball, and you're, then, then we're good. But that's good. when
2: you get into the sticklers of the rules. Like if you're carrying the ball, if you're dribbling and you put your hand under it, that's carrying the ball. That's technically against the rules. It's well, supposed to be up and down only.
1: Okay, again, my simple brain was just like, "Why are we making this more complicated than it than it has to be?" I mean, I get that takes away like it being basketball. So, so as long as their hands on top of the ball and it's only one, then it's not fair to say we're good to go. Yep. Okay. So, there's no two hands. There's no because I just can't imagine counting people's footsteps and trying to keep up with everything else. I mean, at some point, like let's just simmer down, let's just simmer it on down either way, the man made it thirteen point whatever miles with the basketball in his hand, just i don't, you know <laughs> and he broke he broke the previous record by quite a bit. I think it was like two hours and something he did it an hour um an hour and twenty one minutes. Here's one, my last one for the day that I feel like you will enjoy, is a man modifies a ride-on toy car to reach 92.24
2: miles per hour. A ride-on toy car.
1: Yes, so like... (laughs) You know, like know, like a little kid's car. A like
2: little battery-powered. little
1: battery-powered. Like, you remember the thing? Power wheels. So you sit, like the kids sit on it, and then they push their little, the little, and so it's not one you sit in. Those get a little more high-tech. So this is the one you sit on. The steering wheel is between the legs, and so this man's knees so are kind of It's not a power like, wheel. It's maybe not a power wheel um, in that way, but it is a. Yeah, like a little toy car designed for a child to ride, and he modified it to reach a speed of 92 miles (laughs) per hour. With him on it? With him on it, yes. He spent 10 months conducting research and modifying the toy car into a high-speed electric vehicle. His goal was to exceed 88 miles per hour, the threshold required for time travel and back-to-the-future films. So he was a nerd who just needed to use his brains. I doubt he had the
2: required 1.21 gigawatts.
1: I don't know what any of that means.
2: That's the other requirement for time travel with the flux capacitor.
1: um, Okay. (laughs) He was was clocked at a speed of 92.24 whatever miles, fast enough to earn the Guinness World Record of the fastest ride-on toy car, obviously modified. Now here's my thinking you put that in the garage for a couple of years and forget about it and you go to clean out and send to off to like goodwill or whatever and the next poor kid <laughs> who's like five gets this thing from the goodwill and gets on it and mashes on the lap- <laughs> loud pedal
2: and off it takes like a rocket <laughs>
1: Because I would assume, I don't know much about whatever the big words are, physics and all the things, but he weighs well over 100 pounds to be a grown man. If you, the lighter you weigh, the faster it's going to go. In general, yeah. You even know that just sitting, you get on your kid's devices now and it's like, well, your little kid gets on there and it, you know, scoots, scoots on. So it would be interesting. All right. Stick with us. We've got more for you coming up next.
0: On a sunny afternoon. In corporation is a Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Pick
2: me up love. Pick me up love. Every Every day. day.
1: Welcome back to Good Things. We are streaming live over at Supertalk.fm. We're also on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can stream us live over at supertalk.fm, where you can also find your Supertalk Mississippi news team, which is covering your Mississippi stories. So if you want to stay up to date, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. Now, oftentimes we enjoy talking about the national day, whatever it may be. Some are stranger than others, but today is just, what do you call it, a oxymoron? A bit of
2: an oxymoron. A bit
1: of an oxymoron. So how would you define an oxymoron? where two things clash. Yeah. You can't have...
2: About the simplest explanation. About
1: the simplest explanation. Okay. So it is... <laughs> It is National Grain-Free Day, which for those of you who may live with a gluten sensitivity, this is your life. I get that. Or if you have celiac disease or some of the others. Um, And then you have to go grain-free for certain reasons. Some of you are just going grain-free for, you know, other self-imposed health health, uh, situations, and it's just something you want to avoid. I can get that. But on the same day that we're supposed to go National Grain-Free Day, it's also National Sticky Bun Day, which... Just sounds like the two shouldn't be able to coexist on the same day. Whoever, you know, in our world, it's called double booking. It's like you can't have two butts in the same seat at the same time. It's hard to do some days, at least not. I guess you could. You could sort of figure it out. But it does feel like whoever is managing, like, the calendar, it's, uh, was sort of looking at, hey, you know, I guess you make everybody happy. You have, you can make those
2: who. Or if you're having to look at a calendar for your, uh, your day job, mm-hmm. where you're you're helping collaborate with and, and and cultivate this collection of national days, might have just a tiniest little bit of a sick sense of humor. Where it's like, all right, I'm going to put this one and this oh, one. Oh, absolutely! On the same day. Oh, for sure. Although, with it being Sticky Bun Day, I know what a Sticky Bun is. mm Hmm. It feels like those are a little bit more on the Yankee side of breakfast rolls.
1: Here it's known as, oh, mama, forgive me if I don't say it right, schnicken. <laughs> I had to say, y'all had to think about that real slowly. Schnicken. S C H N E C K E N. Schnicken. It's supposed to, is it German?
2: That's uh Schnecken. Schen- <laughs> <laughs> what you said, I was like, wait, that doesn't sound like anything I know. <laughs> oh, German. Okay.
1: So Schnecken. So, schnecken. Schnecken. Say it again Schnecken. Schnecken. So you're supposed to say it fast?
2: Uh, kind of. It's just, it's easier to get that many consonants in one go.
1: Not when you have to stop and think about it and not say something that you would regret. So it's meaning snail. The sticky bun is rolled into a sweet spiral. Uh, Resembling its German name. So it's still considered to be a Pennsylvania specialty. So that would Uh, be a more northern thing. Many believe the sticky buns origin in the United States began in the 19th century where German soldiers, settlers, excuse me. (laughs) German settlers brought their baking tradition with them. When they began settling, I don't in know how far around. back
2: in that century we're talking about. I don't think they were even called German soldier. I think that was still the Prussian army.
1: Uh, settlers is the word I overlooked. I was still on Schnecken up there, so <laughs> you can get your kids outside and It's like
2: something Germans do when they're teenagers and go to the movies or something. Schneck, Schnecken,
1: Schnecken. You can get your kids to go outside and go look for Schneckens and <laughs> blow their mind. Here's a little jar, kids. Don't come back in until you got ten shenekins for the day, and then go release them because that's not kind. But or I'm gonna send your mail shenecken <laughs> mail. Oh, where else can we use this in our everyday language? Where else do you use snail? I mean, snail mail. You have. I mean, I've never seen a sticky bun, or even thinking of. Would that be like our cinnamon roll?
2: Kinda. I mean. A cinnamon roll usually has icing, where the sticky bun usually has a glaze. And a cinnamon roll very rarely comes with nuts like pecans or something, whereas I think that's kind of a requirement for it to technically be a sticky bun. It has to be rolled up with and topped with nuts, usually pecans.
1: Someone said whatever Little Debbie calls it pecan roll, it's a pecan roll. So it's not a sticky bun. But those are little, though, right? Like the- Now your
2: homework is to find a pecan roll by little Debbie and yes. run around the store going,
1: Schnecken! Schnecken! schnecken. schnecken. I got a Schnecken!
2: <laughs> and just take a picture of the funny faces you're going to get made up.
1: Can we officially say that I'm bilingual? <laughs> I couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> So you never know what you're going to learn whenever you tune in to good things. All right, stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. You got the Boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good
2: things for you tonight. It's good things for you tonight. It's good things for you tonight. It's good things for you tonight.